because um, I want we're all moms we want to do this the right way right and so um, anyway just coming across people there are people that are Christians that will not celebrate Christ at Christmas because they um, know we all know December the 25th is not his actual birthday and if you study history of Christmas, you'll find that Christmas is actually originates from a pagan holiday. And so there's Christians that take the stand that we will not celebrate Christ. We're going to just have our family and gift giving and those kinds of things. Um, but the way that my husband and I have taken and families celebrate all kinds of different ways. And we've taught our children to respect everyone's family and the way that they celebrate. Um, but we've decided that we are not going to miss this opportunity to celebrate Christ at Christmas. And we want to be intentional. That's one of my favorite words is if we're not intentional as a mom, it's going to pass everything. It's going to pass by us. Um, so my husband and I both grew up in a family that um, went to church and everything. But um, we did a lot of Santa celebrating. And um, my mom said something to me many years ago. She said, Mandy, I wish I would have done things different. And I'm like, that's okay, Mom. I don't look back at anything as negative at all. I am so thankful that for the passion and the joy that God has given me to celebrate Christ. Um, I am probably the weird kid, and I took Santa more seriously than probably anybody you will ever know. My letters to him um, were about my parents, believe it or not. When Christmas time would come around, I would be thinking all the stuff that I wanted to tell Santa that had happened that year. And um, I was even going into sixth, my sixth grade year, um, getting ready to have my mom as a reading teacher. And I wrote all kinds of things about my mom that I was worried about being her daughter and in her classroom. And so um, my letters were not your typical what I want for Christmas. Um, well, when at the end of that, it was actually in sixth grade that I found out that he was not real. I was absolutely devastated. And what I mean by devastated, I was devastated. I was sad. I was angry. I had all kinds of emotions that were um, really depressing when it came to Christmas because my, I thought, what's the big deal about Christmas now? My big deal's gone. <laughs> I mean, everything that I look forward to at Christmas time. It was gone. It was fake. It was not real. And so um, I, I was very, very uh, actually depressed at Christmas time when, um, when this time started coming around again. But my husband and I had a decision to make when we had children. Do we do this? I mean, this is what we always, his family did it, my family did it. Are we going to do it and um, maybe not let our kids believe that long or something? And I tried figuring all of that out. And so, um, as I said before, I think as moms, no matter what we're dealing with, we want to do it right. We want to, we don't want to look back and have regrets. We're all going to, that's natural. But we want to do things right. We want to be intentional. Now, just tell me what I need to do now to do this right. And that's where I was. Um, trying to figure all of it out. And I think as moms, too, one thing we struggle with is fear can grip our hearts faster than anything. I think as, as a mom, I struggle with that. So it took me several years of um, talking to friends, and like I said, um, it's kind of embarrassing, but I was struggling with it so much I called Focus on the Family, and I'm like, help me get through this. What do you guys recommend? Do you do Santa? Do you not do Santa? How do you do it? And um, and so, anyway, we kind of came to the conclusion that we would, we would do a form of Santa. We would teach the legend of St. Nicholas, and we would have St. Nicholas gifts and um, all of that. What I found out very quickly is I didn't even have to really figure out 
some of that because the world kind of does it for you wherever you go in the month of December. I'm sure you guys have run into this. Like everybody's talking about Santa to your kids, whether you go to the doctor's office or whether you go to Walmart. And sometimes when you go to the doctor's office, to the Walmart, to the mall, into the grocery store, everywhere you go, it's the same thing all in a row. And so what I found is that I was going to have to be, even though I did that, or let's say we went ahead and chose Santa, I was going to have to be very intentional to celebrate Christ because nowhere where I was going was anybody saying anything about Jesus. Nowhere. Never once in the 13 years of being a mom have I ever went to a public place and anyone said anything about celebrating Jesus. So I knew that this was a time that I needed to, my husband and I needed to be intentional. And so, um, One thing that I realized, too, whenever I was going through all of this, and I'm so thankful for some great resources, is, um, you know, I didn't want my kids to miss Christmas, and I'll explain what I mean by that, but I found out that I was missing Christmas. And um, whenever I read this book, it's by John MacArthur. It's called God's Gift of Christmas. We still read this with our kids, but he goes through here and talks about the people that missed Christmas that first Christmas. So the innkeeper missed Christmas because he was too busy, right? For Christ, he had a lot going on. Herod missed Christmas because he had just a hatred for Christ. And the religious leaders, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the Romans, the people that lived in Nazareth, Jesus was just so familiar. They grew up with Jesus, so they didn't think he was anybody special necessarily. And so there were so many people that missed Christmas. And I found out from that very first Christmas, there are so many people that are still missing Christmas. We're, we're, not, we're not getting it. We're not getting the true meaning of Christmas. So um, what I realized is that something that I had been searching for as a child was realness. It was truth. It was um, what is reality of this whole Christmas thing. And then we realized It's Christ, and he is great joy, and he is alive, and my kids can celebrate him when they're two, and they can celebrate him when they're 82. Nothing's going to change. And so, um, anyway, we really did find that he was um, our, our treasure, and we wanted that treasure to be passed on to our kids and realize this is what it's about, and he will be your joy years from now. Um, just the other day, I was so thankful, my little Becca Lynn, um, she's 11 now, and we were listening to the Drummer Boy, and we listen to all kinds of, we listen to Let It Snow, and, you know, we just rock it at Christmas time and have that fun Christmas music gone and anyway um, but we were listening to the drummer boy and she said mom what is the history behind the drummer boy and um, I said well you know I need to look it up a little bit but this is the situation and he was poor and he got brought to Jesus and she's like well, where is that in scripture and I'm like well it's not it's just a legend and she was like oh and then she looked at me and she said you know what would make that story better and I said what and she said if it was real and it was a beautiful picture. I just had never really thought about that. But eat children love truth. They love to visualize, did this happen? Did this really happen? And I said, you are right. I said, that, that is be- that's a beautiful thought. So um, anyway, uh, 
So my, my struggle for a long time was how do I do this and the whole Santa versus not Santa thing and all of that. And, um, but what is yours? I know there's something on your heart at Christmas that you're struggling with. Maybe you're a single mom and you don't have a lot of help. And so that's your struggle. And how can I have this joy that you're talking about? Um, maybe it's the financial strain at Christmas. That can be very challenging. So um, maybe it's all the things that you have to do. There's a lot going on. But I think part of the reason why some of us get bogged down and why I got bogged down as I was trying to figure out how do I um, make this satisfying for my kids? Because I had family members that um, we totally respected what they were doing and made sure our kids never said anything about, you know, Santa or anything to them and wanted to highly respect the way they did things. Um, but we were so about Jesus. Like, we were making that a big deal. And um, I had some very very close family members say, your kids are not going to have fun. And I was like, oh, yes, they are. And so um, I kind of went on that. I am going to make this fun because there is no more satisfaction that you can get um, from Christ. But that goes back to the garden. I truly believe in the garden they were searching for something other than God to make them happy, and they got in trouble. And so um, I, I just challenge you to have an open mind and a heart. I was, you know, even... Um, 16, 17 years ago, none of this was ever a part of my dream as a mom to bring this to my kids or my family or my passion or my joy or anything like that. And when friends introduced it to me, I was like, huh. So just know that if you've never been challenged with this before, and, and maybe you do lots of stuff and, and you're already organized and um, intentional, but um, just I ask for you to have an open heart to the Lord because he will do great things when you um, say yes and that you are the satisfaction that no one else can bring and God yes you yourself Um, so anyway I have a sweet message that I would like you to listen to on a CD and um, we listen to this throughout the year not just Christmas time but um, I want you to just listen to who Christ is and so it's about seven minutes, but it will seem like t- like two. I promise it goes by fast. Everything. <clears throat> Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. He is enduringly strong. He is entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He is immortally gracious. He is imperially powerful. He is impartially merciful. He is the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizons of the globe. He is God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He is the captive's ransom. He is the breath of life. He is the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He is august and he is unique. He is unparalleled and he's unprecedented. He is undisputed and he's undefiled. He is unsurpassed and he's unshakable. He is the lofty idea in philosophy. He is the highest personality in psychology. He is the supreme subject in literature. 
He is the unavoidable problem in higher criticism. He is the fundamental doctrine of theology. He is the cornerstone, the capstone, and the stumbling stone of all religion. He is the miracle of the ages. My Jesus is everything. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He forgives and he forgets. He creates and he cleanses. He restores and he rebuilds. He heals and he helps. He reconciles and he redeems. He comforts and he carries. He lifts and he loves. He is the God of the second chance, the fat chance, the slim chance, the no chance. My Jesus is everything. He discharges the debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. He is the key to knowledge. He is the fountain of life. He is the wellspring of joy. He is the storehouse of wisdom. He is the foundation of faith. He is the doorway of deliverance. He is the pathway to peace. He is the roadway of righteousness. He is the gateway to glory. He is the highway to happiness. My Jesus is everything. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, you can have all this world, but give me Jesus. He supplies strength to the weary. He increases power to the faint. He offers escape to the tempted. He sympathizes with the hurting. He saves the hopeless, he shields the helpless, he sustains the homeless, he gives purpose to the aimless, he gives reason to the meaningless, he gives fulfillment to our emptiness, he gives light in the darkness, he comforts in our loneliness, he gives fruit in our barrenness, future to the hopeless, life to the lifeless. My Jesus is everything. He guards the young, he seeks the stray, he finds the lost, he guides the faithful, he rights the wronged, he avenges the abused, he defends the weak, he comforts the oppressed, he welcomes the prodigal, he heals the sick, he cleanses the dirty, he beautifies the meek, he restores the failure, he mends the broken, he blesses the poor, he fills the empty, he clothes the naked, he satisfies the hungry, he elevates the humble, he forgives the sinner, and he raises the dead. My Jesus is everything. His office is manifold and his promise is sure. His life is matchless and his goodness is limitless. His mercy is enough and his grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous, his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. He is indestructible. He is incomprehensible. He is inescapable. He is invincible. He is irresistible. He is irrefutable. Actually, he is indescribable. I can't get him out of my mind, and I can't get him out of my heart. I can't outlive him, and I can't live without him. 
The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but found they couldn't stop him. Satan tried to tempt him, but found he couldn't trip him. Pilate examined him on trial, but could find no fault in him. The Romans crucified him, but couldn't take his life. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. My Jesus is everything. He had no predecessor, and he will have no successor. He's the liberator, and he's the terminator. He is the lion, and he's the lamb. He is God, and he's man. He's the seven-way king. He is the king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's the king of Israel. That's a national king. He's the king of righteousness. That's a moral king. He is the king of the ages. That's an eternal king. He is the king of heaven. That's a universal king. He is the king of glory. That's a celestial king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. My Jesus is everything. Okay, I'm going to read a passage of scripture, and you can turn if you want with me, or you can just um, listen. It's uh, from Luke chapter 1, verse 26 is where I'm going to start. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled and said, Trying... I'm sorry, troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy One will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, and he will be holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son in the sixth month, who, and who was also called barren, for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Just real quickly, I'm going to go over a few points of that passage um, that some of you may be very familiar with. But this is Mary who said, Yes, give me Jesus, and it's going to look really different. Um, Mary and Joseph were real people. They were going to get married. They had real lives, and then God sent an angel. Um, She must have known this was something big because an angel, to our knowledge, had never visited Mary before in Scripture. But the Bible told her, the Lord is with you, and that must have comforted her as she also felt such a shock. And there was so much going on in her mind. But in verse 29, it says that she was greatly troubled. And the Greek word for that is diatarasso, which means confused and perplexed. And we do that, too, as women. Um, We um, are creatures of habit. But Mary knew this was going to be something different. And um, I think she also knew it was going to be hard, but it was going to be good. Um, Scripture says in verse 30 that Gabriel told her, do not be afraid, and that he had wonderful 
news of who the baby was going to be. And um, Mary then just start asking questions. How is this going to happen? How can this be? And the Lord says quickly through the angel, nothing is impossible with God. But what I love is that Mary had to make a choice. She, she had something before her. She knew it was going to be different. She knew it was going to be challenging. Um, she knew there was possibly going to be trouble with um, the way her community and her family and her future husband was going to handle the news. But she said, let it be according to your word. She said, yes. Yes, Lord, I'm willing. And then I love um, later on in verse 46, I didn't read that, but as you go on through scripture, you'll see where she starts off, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So she starts worshiping the Lord right after she's so overwhelmed. And I was overwhelmed with something the other day and so challenged. It's like, okay, this is where I need to worship you, Lord, when I'm overwhelmed. So um, it's, it's not easy to do, but Mary chooses to do that and it is beautiful and I think the reason I love that song Mary did you know um and I think she did I think she knew I love to think about that um I think that she knew that um Christ was going to be her great joy and in Luke 2 10 this is one of my other favorite passages and the angel said to them fear not for behold I bring you good news of what great joy and that will be for all people and (coughs) excuse me So I think Mary knew that this was going to, Christ would be her great joy. Um, So I just asked myself long ago, am I willing to do this? Am I willing to maybe change a tradition that I had, that I always held on to? Um, So that's, I just challenge you, whatever you're struggling with, if it's tradition or whatever, would you be willing to trust the Lord with that, no matter what it is, and um, focus on him this Christmas? Um, As I said earlier, we are all invited to this royal birthday party, this royal celebration before us. And I just have to ask you if you will attend. Will you do one thing, just one, to focus on Christ this Christmas? Um, If you um, think back about the last time you celebrated a child's birth, one of your children, or maybe you haven't yet because they're so young, but when you do, you will make everything about that birthday party that about that child. The cake will be about the child. You might buy a new outfit. The pictures will be about the child. The food will be about the child. I mean, when it's my kid's birthday, I'm like, what do you want for breakfast? What do you want for lunch? And what? It's all your choice. And so you make the entire day all about that person. Why wouldn't we do that for Christ? Take this time to be intentional and study his birth and rejoice in his birth and um, let others see the radiance of Christ in us, this hope that the world longs to see. Um, I will tell you, celebrating King Jesus will take intention. Um, It will take your attention, and it will take some time um, to be devoted to him. So, But he will also bring the richest satisfaction you've ever had at Christmas and the greatest fulfillment. I love this quote. I've used it several times. You may have heard it before, but someone once said, there are those who watch things happen, there are those who make things happen, and there are those who wondered what just happened. And I pray that your family doesn't look back and wonder, what happened at Christmas? Like, that was a blur, and it was exhausting, and what did we do? And I hope that you look back and you're like, 
we know what happened because we were intentional. We were intentional to focus on Christ, do something to bring him honor and glory and attention from our family. So I pray that you will make Christ your great joy and not allow the things of the world to steal your joy at Christmas. Um, I do have some things I would like to share with you. I feel sensitive about sharing these things because I um, know that it can be overwhelming because there's a lot of things sitting on that table. Um, I've been collecting for 13 plus years, so realize that as you look at the table. And not every single one of these things we do every Christmas. It's just my collection and we choose. But there are a couple things that we intentionally do every Christmas because they are rich and because my kids ask for them. And my kids actually beg for some of them. So um, anyway, I'm going to share some of this. And actually, before I do that, Deb, would you pass these out? I typed up a list of what we use in case you would like to start something that I talk about and then on the back I just talk about some ideas that I um, will throw out there for you and I think I have a loud enough voice I can just talk over here but um, anyway some of these things yes cost money but there are a lot of things that we do that do not cost a penny it is just being intentional with your children it's talking about things um, and that costs nothing so um, I'm gonna Deb, I'm going to steal one of those from you. I think I gave you my... Oh, thank you. Um, I just want to kind of go in order here. Of course, scripture, love scripture. We have to mention that first. But the adventure of Christmas, I cannot find that. And I'm not sure if I loaned it to someone. Um, but that is like my kids, one of my kids' favorite books so but what Lisa does is she goes through and like we made candy cane candy um, homemade candy canes one time and so but that comes with the what is the red and the white symbolize in Christmas or um, in the candy cane it points to Christ and so that book is full of um, ways that you can acknowledge Christ and I love it because um, she taught me in that book how when you are decorating for Christmas, when you're putting up your tree, you can talk about how it's an evergreen and how that means it doesn't change all year long. And Christ never changes. God's word never changes. Um, it's got the three layers, usually Christmas trees. You can talk about the Son, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Um, the tree points up, and you can always say it's pointing right to Christ. It's pointing to heaven that sits on the throne. And so that costs you nothing to say those things to your kids. It's just an intention. It's a focus. Um, and then, um, so like God's gift of Christmas, this is for more for adults, but we read it to our kids too, because there's such great truth in it. Um, treasuring God in our traditions, that is not necessarily a Christmas book. It's just tr talks about traditions, but there's a part in there for Easter and Christmas by Noel Piper. And then um, this is our one of our all-time favorites. It is called Oh Come Let Us Adore Him, and you can get this from uh, different online resale books uh, stores. But we read this every single Christmas. Um, I've even bought one already for my kids to put away to give to their family someday. But it is um, a devotion. It actually has stories, um, and I'm sure they're pretend made-up stories, about a certain situation. Um, there's one in here. It's our all-time favorite, and my husband, I love it. My husband's a softie, and he was reading it the other night. And, um, anyway, he cannot read it without crying. And so it's just about a dog that um, uh, protects this boy and kills some wolves, and then the dog dies at the end. That's what chokes us all up. But the whole, the whole thing is then what it does is it talks about 
um, it talks about the Lamb of God, or it, it relates it to Christ with one of Christ's names. So um, anyway, so this is our all-time favorite. We turn off all the lights, and he gets a headlamp and his reading glasses and a Kleenex, and we sit and we read. That's my kid's favorite. Um, but, um, and it's so cute because my 13-year-old now, he doesn't think it's cool to cry anymore. And so the other night he was going like this, you know, like he was so embarrassed that his dad was crying. But anyway, um, I did some children's books. Um, this Nick and Holly found in Grandpa's Attic. It's kind of a long book, but it talks about the name of Christ. The First Christmas, just a general Christmas book, The, Lamb, the Crippled Lamb. I'm missing both the DVD and the book, so I'm, it's with that other book. Um, we've got to find it. So, um, Christmas Carol, this is precious. This is stories again that Johnny Erickson Tata tells, and then it's the Christmas Carol with it, and you can sing um, the Christmas Carols. Uh, the Legend of St. Nicholas, this is awesome. This is a uh, Christian-based book. At the end, it talks about Christ, so that's an awesome one. Um, but CDs, DVDs, and VHS, the first Christmas, I don't even know where that VHS says anymore, but the Donut Man, I have to tell you, you all should have it. It is priceless and precious. It's fun. Um, and uh, the Crippled Lamb DVD, My True Christmas Story, this is one we watch every year, and it is because it is so rich. And yes, my eight-year-old sat on the couch and got a little bored this year, but it is rich because it talks about how our manger, our nativity scenes are so beautiful and cleaned up. That's not what it was like. And so it shows the kids reality of probably where Christ was born and who Herod was and how Herod built these amazing um, buildings, but he left with nothing. And how Christ did not leave a building, but his kingdom never ends. It's a really, really fantastic, um, true uh, story about Christmas. Of course, the My Jesus is Everything by Anne Graham Lotz. This is another must-have. It's, it's called a door hymn. You can also get it from Amazon or online bookstore. But um, this goes through the names of Christ, and I will turn it on when I make supper. So I'm telling you, it's not just for kids. It's, it's um, scripture memorization, and it talks about Christ at Christmas. It's sweet. Um, this is our, I'm sure a lot of you know the Nativity Story. We love this. That's an every year, one of my favorite movies. Um, adornments. You can actually get these. These are not available anymore. This is what we've used for years. But they talk about the, tr the true vine is Christ. And it talks about who Christ is in here and why he's called the true vine. And um, these are not available anymore. But I am a precious, precious friend of mine brought me a gift yesterday. And I don't know where she got it in town. Um, I should have asked her. But these are adornments, the new adornments that are out, and it's the names of Christ. And then in here, it's the readings of what that name means. So those are beautiful. In fact, I'll mention that downstairs, um, I, we had to throw it away last year, and I've got to find me another tree. Um, but um, anyway, we have a tree specifically that we set up that is only just full of Christ stuff. And so that's been fun to just do these and hang these on, and we'll hang different ornaments that symbolize Christ. And um, and so that's been our ABCs. I'll talk about that in a second. But we just hang all kinds of stuff on that tree full of Christ. Um, so, And I told myself last year, I'm going to find one at a yard sale. And I never found one at a yard sale, and I've got to. I still haven't put it up yet. We've got all of our stuff. It's just not hanging up. Um, so 
this is something that I bought because um, when my my two were little, they're 13 and 11, so they were close together, and we were doing all this stuff together. And then my little one came along a couple years later, and I didn't have any new stuff, and so I bought this just for him um, a couple years ago. And so this is his tree. This is his special thing. So you could even do that with your kids, like let them have their one thing that is only theirs. And so. And what's sweet now, he's in second grade, so he's reading these little books. And um, so that's been precious. This is his tree to do. Um, but they're little books, and it's, it's dated. It's an Advent thing, so it's dated day one, day two, and we read those. And, yes, we get a couple days behind because we've got other stuff going on in life. And we just don't be afraid to get behind. It's okay. Um, so um, then I just wanted to mention this is out of everything that we do this is something so simple and um this is my kids absolute favorite and it is because we have candlelight every night of december and it actually starts the first um sunday of advent so you're kind of in november a little bit but we um you only light the white one at christmas on christmas day or christmas eve because we're gone but um, anyway, you just do devotions. Now, this devotion is a couple of years old. This is from 2011. We use the same one, and we just follow, or we'll use something else. But we have um, dinner, and somebody gets to light the candles. That's a big deal now. Like, it's my turn to light the candle tonight, and my turn to blow it out. So um, anyway, so we have candlelight dinner, and um, Daddy's got his headlamp because he can't see in the dark anymore. He's <laughs> up there in age now, so he's got his headlamp, and he's reading the devotions. And we're having dinner, and it is priceless and precious. It is the most special thing um, to just talk um, around candlelight for a month for my kid with our family. So um, that was something I wanted to mention. Um, if you would like some of these, I have plenty of copies. But this is something that I just came up with. We always have a Jesus birthday party. And you can do this as a neighborhood reach you know, outreach and invite people. But um, what it is is you take this and you just glue this onto a bag. But basically what this says is it says, I just came back from a birthday party from someone special. Did you know it's Jesus' birthday? That is why we celebrate Christmas. We had yummy cupcakes for his birthday. I wanted to bring you a little treat from the party. Inside you'll find this chocolate cupcake and it goes on blah 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 and it has scripture with it and it just real quickly talks about the gospel of Christ just that he came and that he died and rose again from the dead and that it just says have fun celebrating Jesus and um, so we glued that on here and let the kids decorate the bags and then they put that chocolate cupcake with some red sprinkles that signify Christ and so those are up here if you would like a copy of this um, we always do uh, this little uh, finger play. It just real simple. On a moonlit night, the wise men traveled far, seeking baby Jesus, following the star. Shepherds came from Bethlehem, heard the angels sing, found a little manger and a newborn king. So anyway, you can make up your own. But the, even just doing something that, you know, just just to try to bring a focus. Um, and then this other one is just a simple little look at the candy cane thing. Um, and then I think I went over everything. The only other thing we did a Jesse tree one year um, where we just made, uh, it talked about the events of, that lead up to Christ from the Old Testament on. And so we did some little projects and that goes on our tree. Um, it takes absolutely uh, just a literal piece of cloth and um, uh, doing this and then putting a 
someone and holding a baby and taking a picture to, to symbolize Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And so that's something fun you can do. We've even had families over before where we reenact the whole Christmas story and dress up and have them do crowns for the wise men and that's a hoot. Um, and so, and then this other one is just, you can Google ABCs of Christmas. We just made paper little ABCs of Christmas and hung them on the tree one year. And then I just have a basket that I set out and it's got um, little stuffed animals and things in it that represent the name of Christ. Just something simple. Um, but anyway, like I said, please don't be overwhelmed and try to, because your husbands or your mothers or your fathers will choke me if I stress you out for Christmas. So I don't want to do that at all. I don't want to overwhelm you, but just one thing, if you could do one thing um, to bring Christ um, honor and attention. So that's all I have, and then I'll let any of you that want to come get one of these extra little things, those are up here. So thank you. stuff over here for about three minutes or so then we're going to do crafts but we want to be able to let you leave <laughs> so if there's any of this that you're interested in looking at then go right on go right on ahead and do so <laughs> 